What's going on, everyone? This is Mitch from RespectMyRegion.com, back with another episode of the North American Weed Tour podcast. We're looking at the best in legal cannabis and beyond. That comes from products to dispensaries to technology, which we're focusing on today. I got special guest Jeremy Johnson from Dispense joining us. How are you doing today, Jeremy? Good, man. Thanks for having me on. Likewise, man. Likewise. I know we we be we be nerding out. We're we're fans of some similar aspects of the of the digital space. So we'll get into that a little bit later. But just glad to have you on here. And then I'm always stoked about your posts. I know I, I've given you shit on a couple of them where I'm like, man, you gotta stop giving out this game. I'm trying to I'm trying to charge people for the stuff you're giving out for free. Yeah. Uh, always giving out great game for anyone out there, man. You gotta follow this man on LinkedIn. He'd be giving out value. Um, but before we get into too much value, uh, you know, I want to I want to know every every guest I have on here. I start with kind of their origin story uh, with the plant, the plant being cannabis. So I'm just kind of curious, you know, whatever you feel vulnerable sharing, whether that's personal, professional or both. I'm just curious, kind of kind of your your start with cannabis. Yeah, man. Um, well, for, first off, I see I see Aviel in the chat. Um, shout out him. Gnarly Gray back in like. I don't even know, like 2014 Portland, that was my spot. That's where I would, every day after my nine to five job, I would post up at Gnarly Gray. Uh, so <laughs> that throws me way back there. But um, I've been involved with it for, I mean, my, my whole life. My pa- I'm, I'm second generation. So my parents were involved. Um, and in 2008, when Michigan went medical, um, you know, I got my caregiver license. And so that I was 18. Like I got to vote on it in Michigan, um, got my caregiver license. I did that all throughout college. And then I went out to California, um, spent some, spent like a year and a half there, but then ended up in Portland doing, uh, doing web design and mobile development. Uh, sorry, my dog is in the background there. Um, (laughs) doing, doing web design and mobile development. And that's kind of where, I got my background on the e-commerce side um, and I got to vote in Portland to, to go recreational there and eventually um, made my way home to, to be involved in the cannabis market here in Michigan as I saw that it was about to go recreational, which we voted for it in 2018. So it's been a long journey, but um, I feel, feel like I found my spot like with the intersection of technology and cannabis and happy to be doing it. That's awesome. That's funny. Avi Alu popped in here. You said you know him. I, I don't know him personally, but I know him through through the music scene. Being up here in Seattle, I know he's out there in the Portland area. Um, yeah. And so that's 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 funny. It's such a fucking small world, man. Yeah, we I, we did. Well, I, I ran into him. He was just like freestyling at like an open mic one night, and then we did like a couple shows here and there. Um, but you know, connected over cannabis and music as well. Yeah, and that's obviously we're talking about music. Before that, I know I know you got the you know hip hop knowledge and, and the background, man. And that's you know I think I think that's I think that's why we we get along, man. But I'm curious, you know, when 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 did you start with with dispense and and kind of give me the the background on on you know the start of dispense and kind of you know what was the purpose of of bringing that company to the market? Yeah, so back in back in like late 2019, um, I had an opportunity you know i was doing the caregiver thing here in michigan but we were going recreational and i had a building that i had bought in downtown marquette michigan which is where i'm from and i knew it would qualify for a cannabis license but michigan had really strict um 
like financial requirements at the time. Like you had to have like a million liquid to start a dispensary, which I did not have. Uh, but I, I was lucky that I was able to partner up with some other people in the area. And so we opened the first recreational dispensary in the upper peninsula of, of Michigan. Um, and it was, it was at that time that like, I realized there was an opportunity with the digital side of it cause we needed a website. Um, and I got, you know, I started getting familiar with like, I hadn't really been doing the web and mobile development for a minute. I was focused on cannabis, but then I started looking at like Dutchie, Jane, all the other, um, online platforms out there. And we ended up using Dutchie at the time, but overall I was just really frustrated with like the lack of um, flexibility and like, you know, I've, I've been doing e-commerce for like a decade. And so all these things that I was used to in the, in the mainstream e-commerce world, I couldn't do in cannabis. I didn't have access to my data. I couldn't leverage it the way I wanted. Um, and so I kind of hit a, a ceiling. And um, when I hit that ceiling, I was lucky enough to have some friends in lower Michigan that felt the same way. Um, and, and I got hired on to help them build out a better e-commerce platform. Um, and unfortunately, long story short, it didn't work out because uh, that company got purchased by SkyMint. And so my project got put on the back burner. But through that process, I um, got introduced to Kyla, the CEO of Dispense, who ran Tableist before that. Uh, and she really, you know, we, we clicked right away. Like she saw, she knew that there, there was room in the e-commerce space in cannabis to grow, but she didn't really know how. And I had all these ideas. And so I'm, I'm very grateful that she was like willing to listen to me and help build out, you know, they already had a killer order management platform, but they were doing iframe menus just like everybody else. Um, so, you know, I, I'm grateful she was willing to listen and help, help, build something better for all of cannabis retailers. But that's that's kind of how I got involved. And so I've, I've been here for about a year. And when I first joined the whole, most of my focus was on just working with our product and engineering team to build out this better menu platform that sits on top of our order management platform. Awesome. And, you know, one of the big, you know, one of the big things like differentiators from the outside looking in of dispense, right? And I know you guys lean on this, but just that I've noticed is that you guys are building something that, that arms retailers, but it's not a marketplace. A lot of the other people in the market are, are, are towing both lines. I run two different businesses, you know, that are in one and have kind of two different things going on. So I'm not knocking that at all, but it's definitely something unique to you guys. So what's What's the what's I guess the inspiration behind that commitment of like building something that's just only sits as a tool for the retail partners and not also, you know, building a marketplace as well? Yeah, man. Well, I mean, for, for me, per, you know, I think there's two kind of inspirations. I mean, personally, like I was the retailer, you know, like I, I believe in retailers. I like you have to have a face for this. And like when when you go you know, when, when you put a marketplace in front of your customers, like you you lose that personal connection. And so like, I've felt very strongly about having connections with the retailer and the customer. And so like, that's my personal motivation, but I think from a business standpoint, um, you know, there's just a conflict of interest. You know, we've seen it with companies like Amazon where they use their third-party seller data and then they launch products that mimic it. Um, and we've seen it with Uber Eats, 
Um, we've seen it with Grubhub where, you know, they, they started off by being partners with cannabis or restaurant companies and helping them bring in new orders. But then eventually, because they had that customer data and they had that transaction data, they took it and they were like, okay, these are the areas that are where people are doing a bunch of food takeout. Let's just open a ghost restaurant and serve our food directly to people so we can have higher margins. Um, and so uh, from a business standpoint, that's what always scared me about these uh, e-commerce platforms that were also marketplaces. It's like they're getting all that data. What's stopping them from going and opening a ghost dispensary and selling weed directly to people or even, you know, selling your customer data to the dispensary down the street. Um, and, you know, we kind of we kind of saw that happen with Ease already. Ease started off as a marketplace where, you know, they were partnering with dispensaries, but then they went and bought a bunch of licenses. You know, they bought that Green Dragon license and now they own the whole supply chain because they get higher margins on it. So from a business standpoint, I just don't like that conflict of interest. Um, but from a personal standpoint, I really believe in that relationship between the retailer and the customer. And what do you think as someone who's ran a, a dispensary, like when you look at an e-commerce platform, what are some of those main things, like even taking the dispense hat off and just putting on like, this is Jeremy, I'm running a dispensary. What are the things that are most important to you in your mind when it comes to, you know, adding the e-commerce platform? I think having, I mean, you, your technology has got to be on point, number number one, right? Like you got to have up-to-date technology and that's like, that's something that bothers me about the iframe situation. Like iframes were invented in 1996. They're, they're not ideal for e-commerce. They're not ideal for many things. Um, so like number one, you have to have up-to-date technology that, that works well for your customer, but also works in a way where like you get full insight into your data and you can leverage it. And like Google has a really hard time tracking iframes because it's just JavaScript that reloads. So when you're looking at e-commerce data and you're trying to get like abandoned cart rates, like it just, you know, I, I found usually that when I was on those iframe menu platforms and I had it hooked up to Google Analytics, I would say only about a third of my transactions were going through. Hmm. Um, so like number one, technology, but then number two, like what what are your goals? You know, I mean, you know, we've, we've both been in technology for a long time and we see what happens on the, behind the scenes with some of these companies, whether they're selling data or leveraging it. Um, so like, I, I really pay attention to like, how do these technology companies make their money? Who are their investors? And what's the end goal there? Yeah, and that's, that's important to look at. Cause like you said, there have been, you know, there are some companies that are able to, to, to tow both lines and deliver on it. But we have seen some, some examples in the past of like you said, Amazon, you know, with their third party, what they've done with the third party sellers is it's crazy, man. It's, yeah. it's crazy. They put a lot of, a lot of small businesses out of, out of business doing that. Um, you know, and that being said, right, like dispense is in, is in this, in this realm of the e-commerce platform where there is the big two who are, you know, very well financially backed. And, and you guys are more like, if you liken it to the, the music realm, a little bit more like on the independent side, right? Like building like a little bit more. I mean, I still got a good team and a great product, right? I'm not trying to devalue that, but there is yeah. obviously the, the big two out there who catches the headlines, who has a lot of the financial backing. What are some of those ways that you look to stay competitive in the market? Because I think this is 
game for even the brands out there, the stores that have to compete against MSOs. That 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 dynamic isn't just exclusive to you in technology, right? There is a lot of people out there that might not have the same financial backing or the same size of team, but can still be competitive in the market. And I see you guys out there competing and really leading with value. So I'm curious, what are some of those ways that you guys remain competitive, um, even though you're not, you know, you, you're not in the in the same classification, you know, financially backed as, as some of these other ones? Yeah, well, I'm, I'll brag a little bit for a second here. Uh, num- number one, um, our, our leadership, um, Kyla, our CEO, Tim, our CTO, this is not their first time like they, you know, if you if you want if you want some entertainment, if you want to go down a rabbit hole, look up Tableist, which was a big entertainment company that was doing like they were they're doing software to power like bottle service and stuff on mostly on the East Coast. But um, you know, they, they built a really great company in Tableist and went through some crazy experiences um, to bring it back to music. Um, uh, you know, Google Tableist, Google, Google the news results and you'll, you'll find some interesting podcasts there. But um, their leadership, I think, helps set it apart. And then number two, it's like the partnerships. Right. So Dispense is backed by NextView Ventures and Poseidon Asset Management, which are two amazing investment companies that I truly appreciate having on our team um, and give so much, they give so much value to us between just connections and, and, and just like general business knowledge. So that's a really great aspect, but also on the partnership side, our, our platform was built for Ascend Wellness. Um, so we were built with enterprise in mind. So like when we're talking about competing with some of these larger companies, that's literally what we were built for. And, you know, we, we've been powering a sense e-commerce and in-store experience, um, for since like early 2020, you know, so like we, we are smaller where there's only about a dozen of us at dispense, but we, we power these large retail locations that do crazy volume and so we we have that backbone and that's what we're built for and that's how i I think we stay competitive is like we're all about efficiency and if you ever walk into an ascend store go go to ascend in in collinsville illinois where they're doing 1500 transactions a day or go to go to the montclair or rochelle park in new jersey they got 15 kiosks where people are putting orders through, you know, it's, it's absolutely insane. The efficiency that these guys are doing. And you see, if you pay attention to like the um, quarterly reports, like you hear a sense team talk about that efficiency and how it gives them a, a leg up amongst the other MSOs and their competitors as well. Yeah. I shopped at the last year when I was in Boston for Boston cannabis week, I went to the send and downtown i'm not quite I'm yeah. pretty unfamiliar with the area but uh the one yeah. downtown and that, that was the vibe i got it was high traffic you went in and they had the kiosk there to order which was a kind of i mean there's been kiosks before in stores i've shopped at but it was definitely um unique to that in terms of that experience of kind of like placing your order on that and then going into the showroom and and it was definitely like yeah efficient and i, and I can see the especially see the value in where they're at i went at a low lower traffic time and it was still pretty booming in there but i could see at at a high traffic five o'clock six o'clock i could see like that place is probably moving the first time i went to that boston store it was like it was like 
eight thirty, nine in the morning, and there was already a line outside. People were just waiting, waiting to get in. And we were it was funny because we, you know, we were there for business. And so like there's this line of people and like like we just get let in and everybody's like, man, what? I'm like, I'm working, I'm not buying anything. Don't worry. Go get your weed. <laughs> I'm here to make sure you guys get your weed quicker, man. Yeah. Um, and you know, one, one of the reasons I know, you know, we've obviously had some before on LinkedIn and we, you know, we've had some, you know, we've had the, the FaceTime digitally at this point a couple of times, but, you know, really one of the things that, that attracted me to yourself, uh, early on was the emphasis of product and strain driven SEO, which I'm a big, big believer in, uh, myself. And there's not a lot of people talking about it. It's something that I feel like I often talk about, like, yo, there's so much value out there, like prime for the taking and, I don't know. Not a ton of people talk about it. There's not a lot of things out there. You're one of the few that like really, really talks about it, shows data behind it and obviously empowers what you guys do. So I'm just kind of curious through Dispense's platform, like what is the value propositions or the value points around, you know, these product and, and strain specific SEO and how do you guys help power that? Yeah. Well, I want to, I want to give like a quick statistic because I see this a lot. Like a lot of people like say like, Oh, it's not worth it. The search volume isn't there. Um, but like, I've I've got I've got it pulled up right in front of me right now. Like, wedding cake gets ninety thousand searches every single month. And if you look at a brand like a Jeter or a Wana or a Kiva that have like household recognition, at least in the cannabis industry, those brands are getting tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, searches every month as well. Um, so th- that's like the value, right? Is you wanna you wanna be at the top for those searches. Um, but you, I'm going to, I'm going to have to ask you to repeat that question. Cause now I'm just thinking about search volumes. <laughs> uh, uh, no, the, 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 what, what is the way that dispense adds like adds value or builds yeah, yeah. around that? Yeah. Okay. So, so like the, the thing kind of going back to the beginning of the conversation, uh, the thing that like one of the things that frustrated me with the iframes is that you don't get individual product pages. And so and because an iframe is just JavaScript that reloads, Google isn't indexing that content. And actually any content that Google is indexing, they're just giving credit to the host of that content. So if you're you know, if you got an iframe menu from Weedmaps or Leafly, Weedmaps or Leafly gets that credit on Google for the, that content. And so what we do at Dispense is we put, we, we host your menu, but we put it on your website. So, you know, we call it like native content. It's a part of your website and it lives on your website and Google can crawl it and Google can crawl each one of those individual product pages. So Google knows that you carry that product page. And then, you know, we take it a couple steps further with number one, we kind of let you set your SEO strategy. So you can, you know, you can put, uh, you can set your page titles, you can set your meta descriptions, and you can do that dynamically with different macros. Um, And then number two, we automatically set your structured data to tell Google what it's looking at. Um, So, you know, if they're looking at a product page, we're telling Google, here's the product name, here's the product brand, here's the location of the store, Um, here's the image and here's even the review, the pricing and the quantity. So like when you Google a product, if you, if you want some Edie Parker pre-rolls in Boston and you Google Edie Parker pre-rolls, one of the first results you're going to see is for that downtown Boston store, uh, that Ascend store. 
Um, and it's going to be a photo with the, with the ED Parker pre-roll right on it. And it's going to look like a result that you want to click on. So that's the value is we, we make it indexable, but then we also make it look pretty. <laughs> Absolutely. And through that automation, it's huge, right? Like, you know, I've been doing product and strain specific SEO from a different perspective. I mean, I do it for clients, right? But like I do it on a media platform, right? And I've been doing that since, I don't know, 2016 or something like that. And, and I was committed to it early, even when it was like, you know, when Washington were the second state to go wreck. So like these sure strains might've had some, some volume, but like product specific or brand, there was no MSO at that point, right? There's two yeah. states that had legal weed and we were getting low. So, you know, we were excited about, oh, 90 search results a month we knew this will grow. This will soon be 900. And even if it yeah. never gets to 9,000, if we're showing the top result for hundreds of pieces of content at 900, our traffic's going to exponentially grow. And it's not just putting that content out and getting those visitors at that point. It's continue. It's an It's like an actual asset. I always try and tell people like online content is a fucking asset that yes. you can carry with for time. And even if you're like, Hey, my dispensary folded, you're still getting traffic. You can then fucking sell that traffic elsewhere or affiliate it. You can still, it's an asset that you can still further monetize. I mean, look at, look at Leafly and, and Weedmaps, you know, I mean, they Leaf, Leafly, I think is the prime example of mm -hmm. strain related traffic. And if you actually, if you listen, listen to Cy, who, the one of the founders of Leafly, you know, he run, he's CEO of Headset now there. I was actually just listening to him and Emily, um, from Poseidon have a, I have a podcast together, the high rise podcast. And I was just listening to one of their episodes from July of this year. And Cy talks about how their whole strategy with Leafly was to rank on Google for strains because weed maps was doing it for products, but nobody was doing it for strains. And that's how they built their business and how they got to the point where they were getting literally millions of visitors every month just from strain related traffic and they're still i mean they're still to this day i mean honestly my personal opinions on leafly you know they've had a hard time figuring out the right business model for the the tens of millions of dollars that they spent on that content but regardless that content like you said is still an asset they built that out early in the 2000s um, and again when, when when i was doing that content originally they were you know it was them and maybe seed finder when you searched a strain or whatever, or even a product, there was not much, you know, weed maps started getting more prevalent. Now some of these menu companies are, I'm battling with them for, for ranks of some of these products or even some of the clients that we create products for. But I think the value in that of, of strain and even like, pro, like brand slash strain specific, right? Cause like you said, wedding cake is a popular strain, but you go to certain markets. Like I got one right here in Washington. Like if you go, if you go to, certain dispensaries, this particular wedding cake, people will be like, oh, that's the one. And yeah. there's not a lot of competition to rank for Spin Gardens wedding cake. There's not a lot of, and the person that's going to search that is their, their, their search intent is most likely to purchase said product and their spin only exists in Washington. So that person is in this state looking for that product. You know, there's a very high likelihood they're in your market and they're looking to make a purchase with that search. Yeah, a hundred percent. And like, I see it every day with search queries, you know, like I can, I can go in and I can look up wedding cake search relate like search searches, but then you see the related searches and you see the volume is around like, you know, it's, it's, it's like wedding cake ozone or it's wedding cake. What cure leaf cure leaf gets a, you know, 
you know, quality, whatever, but they still get a ton of searches online. Uh, so like it's people searching for that specific product and that specific strain because they, you know, somebody probably passed them a joint one day and they were like, damn, this is fair. What is it? And somebody was like, yeah, I don't know. Check out the jar. And then they went and Googled it, you know? And that's, you know, you throw another real world example, like out here on the West Coast. I mean, they're in a, in a couple of states, but California, the behemoth, but steezy, right? Like they are huge. And honestly, I'll use them and cookies. Both of them have not done a great job creating yeah. on-site traffic for both of their brand pages, where if you're a media site like myself, where you just want cannabis consumers to come to your platform or you're a dispensary, those are huge brands that have spent millions of dollars on market share and they have not spent the same money building out content to capture the fruits of that market share. So as yeah. a dispensary, you're primed to just pick up the fruit right off the ground. Like you don't even have to get the ladder and get out the tree. You pick it off the fucking ground, man. We've, we've got a, you know, if you, if you look at cookies, um, like website, I mean, you, you'll see, they're just not really doing it the way they should be doing it. But like, we've got a, client in Massachusetts who's got, you know, they carry cookie products um, and they're vertically integrated. So I, I think they, I don't know, I don't know, but I think they actually like, you know, they, they have the license to make them too. Like they grow those strains, they process it, they sell it, but they get a ton of traffic from people searching for cookies brands because mm -hmm. they, they're optimized. So it doesn't even go to cookies. It goes to this dispensary because they're actually doing it right. And they're, they're getting the fruits of that labor. Yeah. We, we realized that early on when cookies again was still only in like one or two States, every fucking time they opened up a new store and launched in a new state, we made an article optimized around cookies, Oregon cookies, Massachusetts, whatever. And I was like, bro, we're just pulling top search results is the only thing underneath it is PR newswire link. That was the only thing. And we were fucking outranking that every fucking time, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I see with some of our clients, like I see them outrank the actual brand's websites, you know, like I, I got, I got a client in California that outranks Jeter.com for Jeter pre-rolls. I remember, <laughs> and, I, I think you shared, do you share that on LinkedIn? I think so. Cause I, I remember one of the dudes who does SEO for Jeter was like, we won't allow this to happen. And I was like, well, I'm doing it. <laughs> I think I saw, I think I saw that exchange and it's, yeah. And that's and that's the power, right? Like, obviously, at the end of the day, like people are searching dispensary or cannabis dispensary or weed dispensary or pot shop, depending on where you're at regionally, right? Like regionally and culturally, certain words have volume. But like at the end of the day, I I am I run a lean organization like, you know, we we're talking about Leafly earlier and they're they're in my backyard. Like I was not funded 20 or 30 million dollars, but I'm competing for the same traffic that they're competing for. I realized early on. I couldn't beat Leafly at Blue Dream or Gorilla, Gorilla Glue. They ranked at the top pay, you know, the top result, and it would have cost me way too much time and money to try and take that from them where I could just build out on, I realized early, like cookies had a lot of hype and people weren't building, cookies wasn't even building content, let alone other people weren't building it. And like when early in gelato, early in runs, just being a consumer in the streets, I found, oh, this strain's going to be hot. And so we beat, we could beat these behemoths off of, all right, these don't have the search results now, but again, back to the start of the conversation, building out those assets and they fucking, you know, they pay dividends over time, man. Yeah. It's, it's funny too. Cause like it pays to be early in any game, but like, especially in weed, cause you, you see, you know, as consumers, we see what the hot strains are early on. 
And if you, if you make sure, you know, as a dispensary, if you make sure you get those products in store and your menu, like your online menu is optimized for that, like you're going to be ahead of the game because mm-hmm. Leafly's not Leafly, you know, it's a, it's a large company, you know, they're probably not on, not on top of it as much as they were early on and you can get that traffic. So if you can, with how many new strains pop up every day, if you can stay early, you'll, you'll reap the rewards from it hundred percent. Yeah. No, no knocking Leafly, you know, all due yeah. respect for them. They're a great resource, but they're not in the streets, man. They're not in the streets. <laughs> and, and it's yeah. not even like being in the streets, like the stereotypical streets, but any dispensary, what's hot in that specific area, you know, that state or that city or that pocket, that neighborhood, that pocket of the city, people know, right? Like people come into your store and ask for products specifically or ask for strains specifically. From my perspective, that's what you need to build content out on. That's what you need to double down on. Like you said, whether you look at your Google My Business, your Google Analytics, or just your customer feedback, you're getting keywords to rank for. Like they're out there. There's easy. Just double down on what's already working. And you can see, you know, if you if you put every product you have on your online menu, you'll see which ones get traffic mm-hmm. and then you can double down on those strains that people are searching for. So it's like the answers are just being given to you if you're doing it right. Right. And and that's to your point and the value proposition of having a, a service like your guys of, of getting that data also can impact not just online because I think people think, oh, it's just traffic. But no, like you're saying that impacts you're purchasing, right? Like if, if, if we are just getting consistent traffic for these brands or these strains, like obviously you're not going to have a whole shelf of 19 different wedding cakes, but you should have (laughs) a healthy supply of wedding cake. It may be each price, right? Yeah. You know what though? I would love to see like just a full wall display of all the different wedding cake variants (laughs) (laughs) or like OG cushions, you know, just like one display, nothing but different OG cushions. That, you know, that would be unique. And I'm, I'm all for that as a consumer, right? Like there, there's room. I, I personally, I guess a little bit of a tangent. I don't think enough dispensaries are ballsy enough to like, yo, we're just going to like really position on being the go-to spot for this. I think too many people try to be everything for everyone, which works some cases. A lot of people get lost in the sauce and then, you know, they're constantly trying to shift based on competition. Not enough people just, you know, have, have the nuts to just be like, I'm going to double down like that. Like we're going to be the OG Kush store. Like we're not going to be everything for everyone, but if you want OG Kush, we will be the spot that someone will yeah. recommend or you will go to. Yeah. I, I, I would probably shop there. If somebody did me, that. Yeah, me too, man. I'd walk up, put me on some fire that I don't know. Um, yeah. So we were talking about a little bit beforehand. I, I don't know if you care to share it on here. People can go on your LinkedIn, but you obviously, you just, you shared the case study with Ascend centered around what we, a lot of what we were talking about, the value uh, uh, around product and strain specific SEO. So I'm curious what you mean. You could share it on here. I think if you want, I'm not quite sure how that works from the guest perspective to be completely transparent, or you could just give me a, you know, you can just talk us through it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we, for, for context here. So, you know, we, we launched this uh, updated menu product of ours uh, at the beginning of the year. And we just, you know, it took a couple months to start getting data in, but now we've got the data, you know, our first client, obviously, you know, Ascend is who we, we've been working with a long, for the longest. And so they were the first to pilot this new menu uh, solution that we have. And now we've got the data behind it. Um, and so, you know, I actually, I think I know how to do this. I'm going to try, we'll see if it works. Um, 
and I, I won't like go through the whole thing because you know oh I can't, I can't share my screen on here actually yeah. but if you go to if you go to dispenseapp.com you know you'll see it right on the home page you can click on the case study but like one of my favorite examples to point to is uh, Ascend they they have an in-house brand right like so Ascend is vertically integrated in all the states mm -hmm. they operate in so they got the grow they got the process they got the retail and their in-house brand is ozone that's what it's called. Um, so if you, so like before when they just had the iframe menu, they were getting no traffic for strains, categories, or brands. Right. But as soon as we launched that in the first hundred days, they did, we did $210,000 worth of revenue for them for their in-house brand ozone. So they had zero traffic beforehand. Wow. And then all of a sudden, you know, like, and, it, and this is like, I'm just going to quote the numbers here. Like in the first hundred days, four hundred and seventy-five thousand impressions, uh, three point eight percent click-through rate. So that's that's fairly low. Like that can continue to go up. And out of all those people that clicked on that Google search, uh, that resulted in two thousand one hundred transactions mm -hmm. for a total of two hundred and ten thousand dollars in revenue. And it, and once you get onto that site, the actual conversion rate once they got onto the menu was six point two percent which for anybody that's been doing e-commerce for a while, you know, you, you know that 6% is kind of the high end for uh, an e-commerce conversion rate. I mean, I, I've seen it higher for sure. Like uh, actually on, on edibles, we're doing like an 8% conversion rate right now, but six is really good. I think typically in e-commerce you see around like three to 5%. Mm -hmm. um, and on that note, if you, if, if anybody ever tells you their menu does a 20% conversion rate, uh, <laughs> that's not accurate because they're only measuring uh, the conversion rate of their menu, not of the greater website. Mm -hmm. So don't, don't let people, if you hear somebody say, oh, we do 20% conversion rate, that's just like, I, I would be blown away if anybody's actually doing that on their greater website. Yes, it's it's uh it's not the full story for sure. I, I, I ran some e-com. We started as an apparel e-com business originally and fuck if I'd had twenty percent conversion rate, damn man, I'd have been crushing it. I'd probably yeah. still be selling clothes. If one fifth of everybody who visited your website was buying something, you you we wouldn't be talking right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have I would have done sold out to Zoomies or something already, man. <laughs> But yeah. I, I think that's the unique thing, right? And, and that importance. And, and like you're talking about like showcasing that, right? $200,000 in, in revenue. And that's over 100 days. Like that, it, it could maintain that pace. It could dip a little bit. I doubt it's, you know, it's not going to go away. But as that brand continually gets bigger, as those pages stay ranked and continually climb and rank, claim more positions, claim more search volume, that number is going to grow, right? And they're not, they, this, the, that company doesn't have to do anything for that, right? Yeah, like it's, it's recurring. It's like residual income almost at a certain point. Like you built the brand, you built you built that brand. People want that product. You built your your funnel. You're getting those search results, and then it's just going up. I mean, if you if you look at that case study again, dispenseapp.com, uh, you know, like the first the first month we launched it from May to June was a 7.5% increase in overall revenue. The next month, 8.3%. And this is on online revenue. And I'm guessing at the end of August, you know, we'll see another somewhere between seven to 9% increase mm -hmm. from that organic revenue. Um, so that it's just, 
SEO, it's like the longer you're doing it, the more it pays off. And that's still just the trackable results. And I think sometimes people don't take into account like, you know, some Google searches are for, you know, like we said, some of them, the intent is, hey, I want to search something that I'm going to buy right now. Sometimes it is a different part of the funnel where it's like, I'm just going to consider. And there's also that ability of that I believe is valuable, right? Like if I search something and someone shows me it consciously, subconsciously, I might think of that person in the future, that thing that I wanted, that information I saw, this person was the medium. I mean, I've I've put a lot of my eggs in the basket of being a medium, right? To just be the, the, the conduit or the platform that puts people onto something. And I'm not even necessarily selling something with my platform, but I've put so much belief in that aspect. You know, I've dedicated a lot of my life to it. So I think even beyond just the online conversions, I don't think it can I, I don't think it should be overlooked that there is a value of someone walks in the store and then they're purchasing a product because they've Google searched it before. And even if you were to ask them in the store, you know, we talk about this all the time, the power of SEO. Someone comes into a store. How'd you hear about us? Like, oh, I just saw the store and came in. Well, but you might have seen the name and the logo online 19 different times. So when yeah. you saw the store, you automatically knew it was a dispensary. And you, you're you subconsciously like, oh, I, I, or consciously, I just came in here because I saw the store. But that's not it's, the full It's top store. of mind. It's right. top of mind. They've seen it before. I, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm like the worst example because I preach e-commerce, but I am the dude that will search it and then go buy it in the store. <laughs> like I'm like, I'll, I'll Google it first, be like, okay, they got it. And then I won't even order online. I'll just go to the store and pick it up. So I'm not even being tracked in those, that, that, that ROI there, but it, it's still there. Absolutely. And that's, you know, like I live in Washington, we don't have delivery. I've never, uh, even though I, you know, I don't necessarily have to shop for cannabis like your average consumer that consumes as much as me. I still probably spend more at dispensaries than the majority of. I mean, I'm probably in the top top, you know, single digit percentage of of how much money I spend at dispensaries. And I've never, and I'm not ignorant enough to know that I'm not everyone is like myself. But I've never pre-ordered. I've never, but I've definitely looked at menus, done search results for specific brands and products, seen where it's available and gone to said store. Yeah, I actually don't think I've ever pre-ordered either. <laughs> yeah, I, I, should. I did some, you know, I did order like some trap deliveries in California a couple times, you know, when it was when it wasn't quite legal and I was visiting, you know, I, I did some of that. But that yeah. was about, I think that's about my only actual online order. But I obviously, you know, you're I'm in the business of the Internet. So, so are you. So although, you know, it's, it's funny to say I, I like that because it's like not I believe in this. I don't believe in it because I ignorantly, oh, that's me and everybody's like me, right? I'm. We're both acknowledging that's not even like us. And that's still yeah. the value that we, that not only we preach to other people, but obviously have invested a lot of our time yeah. into, into building. You know what though? I mean, I, I don't do it for weed, but like I did just like my girlfriend pre-ordered a Target, you know, like she ordered a bunch of stuff from Target online. Okay. And then I went and picked it up at the end of my day before we did this webinar. So like I do it in other aspects of my True. life. With cannabis, I just like that in-person experience, so I don't do it there. I'm not really trying to spend 30 minutes at Target, though. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's a fair point. When I do go into a dispensary, I always apologize. Like, I'm about to annoy you. I'm about to ask <laughs> a lot of questions. And if, yeah. I, if, I, if I ask for something and you know it's not it, you don't got to hate on it, but just tell me you don't want that, man, and put something in front of me that I want. Yeah. Well, awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you hopping on here, especially at the end of the day, Jeremy. Um, like I said, this is this is stuff I could continually nerd out, but I just 
it's beyond having you on here and just hyping up what you're doing. Like, again, I personally am a fan of it. And I also have personally dedicated a lot of the last almost mm. decade to a very similar train of thought. So that's why I think we, you know, why, why I connect so well with a lot of the stuff you put out there again, for anyone out there, if you're on LinkedIn, you don't know Jeremy, I'm going to, I'm going to shamelessly plug him, go follow him. You know, Dispense is a great platform and you should check that out. But also he's just putting out a lot of game, whether you choose to rock with it, you know, Dispense or not, you're, you're going to learn something from following this man. If you are in the cannabis space, um, he's, he's given out a lot of gems that I, I wouldn't even give out. So, um, definitely tap in with him for, you know, people that are interested. He said dispenseapp.com. The case study just dropped. You can find out more information. Uh, anything else you want to plug before I get you up out of here, man? No, I mean, thank, thank you to you for having me on. Uh, I appreciate what you're doing too. Obviously I've been following you as well for, for a while and I've seen what you've done in, in your space and for your area of the country, uh, whether it's cannabis or music. So um, I, I appreciate it. And, you know, thank you again. Thank you. Hell yeah. Thank you. This is the North American Weed Tour podcast. We're looking at the best in legal cannabis across the country. We'll be back next week with more shows, more content, and we'll be on the road. I'll be in Arizona for part of next week. And then we got Massachusetts, some other states. So stay tuned. Michigan. I, hey, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working. I'm work, it's not on the plan yet, but I'm working on it. It's, I, I, I'm not lying to you. It's, it's, I, I got the the it's triple circled now. It was no longer double circled. I just got to fit it in the schedule. If, if you if you want a quick history lesson on Michigan, and you go to wait, go go to dispenseapp.com again and go to the updates section, it, the subdomain updates.dispenseapp.com. The newest release, all the releases are named after strains. The newest release is Garden Green, uh, a strain that's only grown in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, and there's a little little uh blurb about it and some of the history behind it which also fun fact uh if you google garden peninsula the first the first result is a news article from like 1997 from the seattle times uh so google the garden peninsula google garden green there's not a ton of information out there but it's like one of the old school weed strains that used to be grown in the midwest and and grown on a massive scale. If you, if you smoked weed in the Midwest, it probably came from, from Michigan. That's wild. Okay. Okay. I didn't know he's putting on, putting on some history for the cannabis. This, this is the North American weed tour podcast. We'll be tapping in with everybody next week. Thanks for following and tuning in.